Blood and Destroyers and All Elite Wrestling Podcast for June 22nd, 2021 is presented by LevelDownGames.com. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and I am again solo this week. Frank, unfortunately, a bit busy man, really, really busy guy. But uh, this past weekend, he was out of town for the, uh, the Father's Day weekend visiting some family uh, in a different part of Colorado. So he was unfortunately not able to join me to, to do this show, but hopefully we'll get him back next week and, uh, you know, return to some normalcy. Please take a moment to do us a favor. If you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple podcast or whatever app that you've chosen to listen to us on and leave us a quick rating and a review on there. It really does help us out in terms of, um, search results so that more people can find us. There's not a ton of AEW-centric podcasts out there. You know, every time I, I look every couple weeks just to see what new shows are popping up or or what's gaining traction. And, you know, outside of the, the two that AEW actually promotes with their unrestricted podcast and the one that's a collab with Rooster Teeth, um, there's not a lot. There's not a lot. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll continue to climb those charts and more and more people will keep finding us and we'll keep having a lot of fun uh, watching AEW. I do want to quickly mention the Rampage vignettes that have been airing over the past week. Uh, I think they started, what, during last Friday night's Dynamite. And then, I know, I get it. This episode is posting on Tuesday. This week's Elevation is already out. I've technically already watched over half of it. Already watched BTE for this week. Already watched Sammy's vlog. We, 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 I mean, the podcast didn't post on Monday. So that's, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, I, I saw last night on Elevation that they had the Rampage vignettes there as well. So we're definitely gearing up toward uh, toward toward the kickoff to Rampage in August. And I saw that both Dynamite and Rampage will be in Pittsburgh that uh, that week. And, and that really does make me kind of want to make the drive over. Pittsburgh's about, uh, I don't know. Two, two and a half hours away, maybe, uh, with traffic and, and with some good speed on the freeway. So it's tempting. It's definitely tempting, especially since they haven't announced a return date to uh, to Cleveland yet. And Jessica and I really are itching to go see them live once again. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they announce a Cleveland date. But man, with Chicago getting all out in September, now Pittsburgh getting some dynamite and rampage in August. There's a lot of choices. Chicago, again, that's about five hours away, the opposite direction from us. But uh, both cities are, are definitely within driving distance. And man, speaking of the uh, the late night Fridays, since we mentioned the the Rampage vignettes popping up, I can't believe I thought last week's Dynamite was actually on a Saturday. I know on last week's episode and I and I do apologize for that. I mentioned that I was under the impression Dynamite was going to be on Saturday night because Jessica and I had our 
uh, nine-year anniversary dinner date on Friday night. And luckily, it was a pretty shitty day outside, so... We didn't uh, we didn't end up doing some of the things that we had wanted. And I shouldn't say luckily, but I just mean because we were able to then get home in time to catch the start of Dynamite. And let me just say, thank fucking Christ, these late night Friday episodes of Dynamite are over, uh, hopefully for good. I did see yesterday when the report came out, since again, the show is posting a day late. This past Friday did do over 500,000 in viewers, which is not great in terms of numbers. I mean, you look at what Dynamite normally sits at in its normal slot on a Wednesday at 8. They hover anywhere from around 800,000 up to 1.2 sometimes. I mean, it only happens every now and then, but you know, their, their numbers are usually pretty higher than, than what we've seen the last few weeks. I mean, what, before the this 500,000 or what was it like 560,000 I think it was um we we had had two weeks of of under 500,000 so they should be thrilled that this episode which I I know we haven't even talked about it yet and we don't normally talk about like overall thoughts and star ratings until the end of the show when we're done discussing dynamite but in my opinion this is the weakest one that we've seen in a very long time so it's crazy that that this one did the best of the Friday shows, but I'm fucking ready for a return to form. Uh, you know, they're they're promoting this upcoming Saturday night, June 26th. It's going to be a big dynamite, right? Uh, it's a live episode. And then on Wednesday, the 30th, another live episode, the final time that they'll be doing a live dynamite from Daly's Place, at least for now, uh, since the pandemic era is over. Touring begins the very next week on July 7th with that show in Miami, uh, uh, what, Road Rage or... Road Rager, whatever they're calling it now. I don't remember exactly what they're saying. <laughs> but this summer, we need to be wowed, right? Wow us during the summer. Fans are back. Live entertainment is back. Concerts are springing up all over the place. Uh, we just had, you know, a, a big thing that we have in this area is Country Fest every year. I'm not a huge country fan, but there's a there's a venue not too far from here where a bunch of popular country artists get together every every year during a weekend, sort of like, you know, a, a Lollapalooza rock on the range type of thing. And, uh, and that was this past weekend and it, it went off without a hitch. So, you know, all this stuff is coming back. Masks are gone. Nobody's really wearing masks in Ohio anymore. I, I obviously, I know it's pretty similar elsewhere, but I only have experience with Ohio since, since we've kind of been, you know, stuck here for a while. Um, but, Masks are, are gone all over the place here. Restaurants, stores, you don't really see them anymore. We, we don't have the mandate anymore. The electricity is in the air once again. Normalcy is back. We need magic to happen during the summer, Tony. The summer of wrestling greatness. Debuts. Surprises. I don't know, title changes. Maybe the elite can continue to take over. We need... We need excitement. The fans need it. Wrestling needs it. Coming out of the pandemic era, which definitely was probably one of the more unusual times that will always be looked back on in professional wrestling. Those scars are going to run deep for a long time, deeper than probably ever before. We need some five-star shows this summer. These four upcoming, well, after the the Saturday night one this week and then next week's uh, Daily's Place kickoff or send-off show, the the four themed shows in July, 
Road Rager, Fight for the Fallen, Fighter Fest Night 1 and Night 2. We need these to be close to five-star shows. We need blood. We need guts. We need Canadian destroyers. We need it all. So I'm really looking forward to the touring to begin again. I'm looking forward to hopefully packed houses once again across the nation. And, you know, WWE is obviously doing the same thing. Like They're going back on tour in July as well. So I, I, hope, it's, I hope it's back for good. I hope that... Uh, I hope it never happens again, right? Like, that would suck. But I, I do hope that we get some exciting shows coming up here to to mark the return of, of fans being back in the house all over. Not just in Jacksonville, right? Because that's been the big thing for AEW, selling out Daly's Place after the pandemic. But now, now it's all over. So let's hope for some good stuff. Let's start running down the card from, well, not the card, the cards from last week. Let's go over the results from both Elevation and Dark before we talk about Dynamite. Elevation, they had 11 matches. Wardlow defeated Jason Hotch. Dustin Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeated VSK and Travis Titan. Angelico defeated Mike Seidel. Sean Spears defeated Falco. Private Party defeated Dean Alexander and Carly Bravo. Nyla Rose defeated Megan Bain. Orange Cassidy defeated Cameron Cole. Penta Alzero Miedo and Eddie Kingston defeated Eric Cannon and Kevin Blackwood. Julia Hart defeated Danny Jordan. And uh, actually, I was going to say, I, I don't know why I kept going like that was a handicap match. No, no. Julia Hart just defeated Danny Jordan. Aaron Solo and Cutie Marshall defeated Dion Roosman and Joe Keys. And in the main event, Scorpio Sky defeated Alex Reynolds. Of those 11 matches, I think Elevation last week was pretty, I don't know, pretty, pretty skippable. There were three matches that I pulled. Private Party, Dean Alexander and Carly Bravo, I thought was okay. Uh, Angelico and Mike Seidel was was pretty good. And then the main event, Scorpio Sky and Alex Reynolds definitely stole the show from Elevation. And it's a conversation that we recently somewhat had in our Discord server. Somebody uh, new that's been in the server kind of chatting with us. Matt T, shout out to you if you're listening. And, uh, you know, if you're not in our Discord server, make sure that you check the description box of wherever you're listening to us. Click that link. Get in our Discord server. We love chatting live during anything AEW, anything MMA, boxing. I mean, just gaming in general. If you're into video games, make sure you join our Discord server. But he had recently mentioned in Discord that, you know, he really, really looks forward to like BTE and Sammy's log and that kind of stuff. But. Elevation has gone a bit cold when compared to like dark and dynamite and, and things like that. And and I do kind of share the same sentiment. I think dark has been on another level lately. Um, you know, you know, as we'll see here, I think dark kind of balanced out elevation last week. And of course, the commentary from Taz and Excalibur never hurts having basically like an hour to an hour and a half wrestling podcast with them. What it seems like just with matches in the background, it's a it's a pretty cool little skit or stick that they got going on stick that's what i was trying to say i'm not going to edit this out so uh, i'm just kind of winging this as we go <laughs> but i think since tony khan mentioned that you know what they're going to be doing now that they're going back on tour we know that elevation is getting the dark treatment before the pandemic era so they're going to film a match before dynamite tapings before probably one or two after like they used to do 
They'll film some stuff for it maybe before and after Rampages when Rampages are live. And Dark supposedly is going to be filmed at a at a new location soon. Uh, they, they have yet to say kind of where it's at, but that's kind of where that's going to take place. And some other content they said would be filmed there. So who knows? Who knows exactly what's going to happen after the next few weeks when they get back on tour. We should start getting a better understanding of what Elevation and, and Dark are going to look like. But, yeah, Elevation was pretty skippable last week. This week seems to be, uh, at least from the first half that I saw, seems to be much better. So maybe check that one out. But we'll talk about that next week on the show. Uh, Dark results from last Tuesday. 11 matches here. Ethan Page defeated Danny Limelight. Dante Martin defeated Sonny Kiss. Nyla Rose defeated Charlotte Renegade. And it is worth mentioning that uh, Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela did officially end their breakup. You know, that, that, that came to a conclusion during this episode of Dark as well. Eva Luno and Stu Grayson defeated Shane Mercer and KTB. Wardlow defeated Chandler Hopkins. Cesar Bononi defeated Dylan McQueen. Frankie Kazarian defeated Jake Tucker. Kylan King defeated Valentina Rossi. Billy and Colton Gunn defeated Chaos Project. Ty Conti defeated Willow Nightingale. And the Acclaimed defeated Colt Cabana and Alan Angels. Five matches that I picked from Dark last week. I definitely thought, again, it was a much stronger show than Elevation. Kind of balanced it out a little bit. Go check out Ethan Page and Danny Limelight. Dante Martin and Sonny Kiss, I think, stole the show. Dante Martin is is legit fucking incredible, and and I really hope they do something with him. Even when his brother comes back um, from from injury and in top flight as a tag team once again, Dante Martin has proven that he can he can do some amazing things inside that ring. Go with the best of them, and probably hang toe to toe with just about anybody, and put on a fucking almost. A, a plus five star match so this one was definitely worth going back and checking out Eva Luno and Stu Grayson Shane Mercer and KTB was worth watching I love seeing Uno and Grayson as a tag team some of the stuff that they do together is incredible Ty Conti and Willow Nightingale I thought was pretty good and then the main event the acclaimed Colt Cabana Allen Angels also worth going back and checking out so five matches there three matches from Elevation eight total from the 22 from Monday and Tuesday if you have a chance to check those out but um, if not I guess that's probably okay too you. I don't have a lot of anything else to say, really, on, on Elevation and Dark last week, and I honestly, I feel like this is going to be a, a very short episode. I don't have a ton to say on, on Dynamite either, because Dynamite, for me, was was one of the weaker ones that we saw in a while, so... Let's let's run this down. I picked seven takeaways. Takeaway number one. Again, this was a special Friday night, June 18th, 10 p.m. once again. So they didn't make it that crazy because they knew the numbers probably weren't going to be that strong. But takeaway number one, we had that MMA style cage fight. Jake Hager defeated Wardlow in the second round via submission. This was okay. I mean, it was better than I anticipated it being. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the the worked shoot style wrestling match where they try to make it look real like if it was in Bellator or if it was in UFC. And I, I mean they definitely were were throwing some solid punches and connecting with one another, but there were times when you could tell that both dudes, Wardlow laying off during a flurry of punches there in the first round, Hager kind of laid off a bit. Um, I, I feel like probably could have put the match over initially with a submission hold pretty quick if this would have been a real shoot-style fight, so... It was entertaining. I, I definitely think it was the strongest part, and that's 
crazy to say. Ah, well, maybe the main event, but I mean, outside of everything else that happened, I, I think they kicked off Dynamite for this reason at 10 o'clock because they know people start slowly fading away as the night moves on, you know, as they get closer to 11 and midnight, especially on the East Coast. Uh, people are going to start falling asleep. So put a big match on first, get it out of the way. That made sense to me. And I did like how they had Dean Malenko come down to the ring kind of during a post-match beatdown from from uh, the pinnacle and how he kind of took a bump from MJF. I, I thought that was definite solid heel tactics, especially since Malenko kind of confirmed he is dealing with Parkinson's disease right now. So kudos to him for actually having the balls to take that bump, take that punch and, and just really still be involved. Even, even with the issues he has going on in his personal life. I thought that was really cool. So hopefully we don't see this again between Wardlow and Hager. I, I definitely would not need to see a, uh, a cage fight round two type of thing, but I'm sure we haven't seen the last of those two in the ring. Takeaway number two, we had our handicap match. The men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page defeated Darby Allen. This was okay. I mean, it was entertaining. Darby Allen always looks incredible when he's in there. I'm a big fan of what Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page have been doing. It's kind of crazy that they weren't really like positioned to be a legit tag team. And now because it's just been working so well and they've been having so much fun doing it. I mean, the men of the year, that's a great fucking name for a tag team. Their theme song is pretty good. Um, I, I've been enjoying their work and I've been enjoying Darby's work and I'm really excited to see like where this is going to go. Right. Sting did stay home. He didn't appear during this like uh, Darby wanted him to. So where, where, where is Sting going to kind of fit into this again? Where, does Lance Archer, we talked about that in Discord a little bit, the Lance Archer storyline with Sting and Darby, how that was going strong for a few weeks, and then it kind of seems like it's just been dropped out of nowhere. So there's still room for some, and, you know, Lance Archer would have made a good uh, partner for Darby Allen here based on that storyline. So you really you really don't know what's going on here with the booking. And I guess that's a little exciting, but I, I do want to know what's going to happen next for everybody. For being, I mean, these guys are all future stars and they already are stars, but I mean like mega stars. So should be exciting. Takeaway number three, we had a quick uh, singles match. Orange Cassidy defeated Cesar Bononi. I mean, it was okay. I like seeing the wingmen on TV. I like seeing them getting some primetime dynamite, even though this isn't primetime dynamite spots. But anytime they're not on elevation or dark, getting to strut their stuff, the Hollywood hunk, uh, just delicious J.D. Drake, pretty Peter Avalon, beautiful Cesar Bononi. I'm a big fan of the wingmen. So uh, anytime they get to be on dynamite it is definitely A-OK in my book. Uh, or should I say A-O-T? We got to start getting that going now for uh, for Ty Conti. But uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy defeated Cesar Bononi here. Cesar Bononi. I think I kind of slurred his name as I try to remember everything that happened since I'm doing this kind of late at night. But yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Orange Cassidy. I mean, typical stuff, right? So now that uh, now that his program in the world title scene is over after the pay per view, where's he go next? Where do the best friends go? That's what I'm, I'm just always wondering. Like, where do they go next? Like, I'm trying to see the writing on the wall. Like, kind of look through the lines to see where these guys are going to end up. Because they have so much talent on that roster now. And it's about to get even bigger, I feel, with these 90-day non-competes expiring in July. Samoa Joe, unfortunately, you know, did not listen last week. I tried channeling Weezer to say it ain't so, Joe. But he did show up in NXT last Tuesday night, so he's not coming to AEW. But we still have Aleister Black probably or Tommy End in September. The Iconics or the Inspirations, whatever they're going to call themselves when they appear. Um, 
And man, that might be the big thing for July 14th now, right? That might be the big one. The Iconics or uh, whatever they're going to call themselves. The Inspirations. I have no idea. Takeaway number four. We had a little backstage confrontation between Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy with Alex Marvez holding the mic. I actually really liked this. It reminded me so much of like old school's cartoon anime style stuff with uh, with Kenny Omega being just the perfect heel, right? He, he has been so good lately. People hate him. That's what they want, and he's just been doing such a great job at it. But when he kind of like, you know, him and uh, him and Callis were in that golf cart, and when, when they drove away at the end, and he's like, I'll get you next week, Jungle Boy! Next week! It just reminded me so much of like, I don't know, the fade out, you know, fade to black credit start rolling of, of a 90 Saturday morning cartoon or oh man it was it was so good it was so good I really did enjoy it takeaway number five we have the debut of Brock Anderson again tell me if I should be excited Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson defeated Cutie Marshall and Aaron Solo in tag team action I was honestly like at this point I was starting to fade like it was getting late in the night. I was full off the the dinner that Jessica and I had wonderful, wonderful anniversary dinner. We had at a at a very nice upscale restaurant. Uh, we both had some delicious steak. Jessica had some shrimp to go with it. I had some smashed potatoes. Oh, they were so good. But uh yeah, I was I was I was definitely feeling that food baby coma and, and was starting to fall asleep during this match because I just wasn't that into it. I wasn't that excited. I've liked the work that Cutie Marshall has been doing lately and and not a knock on him. I, I think the whole factory storyline has been solid. I think the uh, the upcoming strap match between him and Cody Rhodes in Miami on July 7th is going to be exciting to watch. But I just was not buying Brock Anderson. I'm still not buying it like he still looks out of place in that ring. He still looks like he's not a wrestler. He still he still looks greener than the grass outside. We've had so much rain lately. Our grass is growing like crazy. Um and and it's so green. It's it's lovely, but man, like I'm just not buying Brock Anderson. And maybe maybe he's got a bright future ahead of him and maybe he will be a a star like his dad Arn Anderson was, but right now I am just not a fan. And that's not like to say that uh, anything bad against him as a person or anything like that. I just don't buy it yet. So sell me. Sell me on it. Make me want to see more of Brock Anderson. Bring in Brock Lesnar while we're at it. I did see today that, uh, you know, maybe he's not figuring into the plans for, for SummerSlam like I initially thought he might, so... I'd love to see Lesnar show up still one day. That'd be so sick. Takeaway number six, we had a, uh match between two cheerleaders former and current I, I i like the kind of potential storyline here between penelope ford and julia hart even though i was kind of pulling for julia hart to get the victory penelope ford being the more seasoned veteran if you really want to call her a veteran she hasn't been doing it that long but i mean she's gotten way better since debuting in, in AEW, right and i think that kind of goes to show with a lot of the the girls that they have on their roster as we talked about in weeks past whoever is whether it's dustin or whoever is is working with them behind the scenes has been doing phenomenal work with all of these girls that you know they're they're legitimate in the ring and they're fun to watch now um penelope ford did defeat julia hart julia hart only 19 years old like imagine think back 19 i was moving from ohio to las vegas 19 was 2005 for me and you know i was i was picking up my life and starting to fresh i can't imagine at 19 being you know 
in in AEW on Dynamite in in a main style match like this. Good for her. Good for Julia Hart. I I did kind of like Miro coming down to attack the Varsity Blondes after the match to set up that future TNT title shot between him and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. But also mentioning that he would kind of, you know, protect Penelope while Kip Sabian was away with his injury that he did cause, no less. But I wonder if this is maybe the way that we can get CJ Perry, formerly Lana in WWE, introduced to AEW in in the future when her 90-day non-compete expires in September. So we'll see. We'll see. This could be this could be the start of something that is a couple month payoff with uh with a debut for her. So who knows? And then our seventh and final takeaway in the main event, we had some trios action. Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows defeated Penta El Zero Miedo, Eddie Kingston, and Frankie Kazarian. This felt very new Japan in the way that the match went, the the booking in general. I didn't hate this at all. It felt like a New Japan style clash. I really like what they're doing with Kazarian lately. His new theme is excellent. The elite hunter, Eddie Kingston, kind of with Mox out with his, you know, Renee having her baby. Congratulations to them. Beautiful baby girl. But, um, you know, Eddie Kingston had to find something to do. Penta with his brother Phoenix out. So, I mean, these guys are kind of just thrown together, taking on members of the elite. And it and it just works. It felt very New Japan. I thought it was an entertaining match. I'm always excited when when the Bucks are involved or the elite in general. Penta's so, fu- so much fun to watch in the ring. Uh, besides that opening MMA-style cage fight, this was definitely another highlight from Dynamite. And a good way to send it off and hopefully get us over the hump of these slower Friday night Dynamite episodes. Because like I said, going into uh, my star rating now, this is probably one of the more boring dynamites that I've seen. Uh, I feel like it struggled immensely during the middle. The beginning was fine. The end was fine. But the rest of the show struggled because of that. So honestly, I'm going two and a half stars this week. That's the lowest I've gone in a while. But. Hopefully next week with with or this week with Dynamite Live on Saturday, uh, hopefully we get a much better show. And speaking of this week on a special live Saturday Night Dynamite, 8 o'clock, so the numbers should hopefully be better. We'll have Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Hangman Adam Page in singles action that we have to assume will have some spillover but with the uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks uh, stuff going on in Team Taz. And then the only other confirmed match so far as a time of recording in the main event, Kenny Omega will defend the AEW World Heavyweight title against the number one contender currently jungle boy so yeah i'm expecting that match to be as close to five stars if not five stars jungle boy is going to look like a star coming out of this match obviously the title's not going to change hands here this is going to be an incredible match i'm really excited for it but i'm also wondering what else we're going to get for this saturday night dynamite because it does have such a big feel to it uh you know stay tuned we'll find out more matches i'm sure over social media and maybe on dark tonight or something for what we could get for Saturday night dynamite should be good. But, uh, that is a much shorter episode for us. I do apologize about that. That's going to be it. I don't have a ton of things to say on dynamite this week. I definitely didn't talk as long as I normally do on it because I really just didn't think there was anything that was truly worth 
going longer than I did for. So, unfortunately, that's going to be it. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all elite wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by TheWaneDownGames.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. Theme song of the week, this normally would have been Frank's selection, but uh, since he's not here, I'm going to take the pick. If Frank does come back next week, we'll give him the next two weeks to kind of balance things out. But I mentioned it there when I was briefly discussing the main event. I think Frankie Kazarian has a badass new theme. So we're going to close out with his theme song now. Uh, This is the new theme for the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. It's so good. Now hit the music. What's done?